everybody, Jimmy Warren here with Guitar Talk. Welcome to a brand new episode at guitartalkofficial.com. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenville Pickups. That's greenvillepickups.com. Man, they make some of the best handmade hand-wound pickups in Michigan and the U.S. I've got three sets, three different sets. There's even a Jimmy Warren signature set out there, so you got to check it out. That's greenvillepickups.com. Also, Burt Guitars, burtguitarsusa.com. Handmade boutique guitars built in Indiana. And uh, where are you going to go and get such quality for under $1,200? Nowhere. BurtGuitarsUSA.com. Okay, so today we're going across the pond. We're going to spend some time with uh, a really, really great guitar player. I've known uh, Danny and I've known of Danny for quite some time. I follow his music. I follow his career because he's extremely talented. And, uh, you know, years ago, he stepped in and filled the shoes for Walter Trout when Walter Trout was out with his health issues. He took over Walter's tour, which says an awful lot right there. He's one of the best blues rock guitarists, in my opinion, in Europe. And, uh, well, probably even here in the U.S. I mean, he's that good. He needs to be over here playing, that's for sure. <laughs> we got the opportunity to sit down and talk about what's going on in his life, his new release, uh, you know, his guitars, uh, what color his shoes are, how many miles to the gallon his car gets, and all kinds of really good information that you're going to need in order to survive this day. So do yourself a favor, sit down, put your feet up, get a nice cool beverage because we're about to have a conversation with one of the best blues rock guitar players in all of Europe. And we're talking about Danny Bryant. I'm good, you? Yeah, I'm real good. You know, I don't know if you remember, but we, we talked some time back. As a matter of fact, it was during the time when Walter was sick. And right. you had taken over his tour for him. At yeah. That time. Yeah. How you been, man? It's been a long time. Good. I'm really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> oh, oh, it's uh, nice to be back after the uh, the pandemic, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that, that put everybody on the sideline for, for a while, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every walk of life and, and every... Uh, possible kind of vocation but uh but for musicians as, as well you know it was a tough one yeah yeah so ha have uh have you fallen back into things or things you know feeling yeah. back to normal for you yeah we just i mean we started touring well last year now you know we, we got back into it but fairly slowly um and then i've, I've just I've just made a new studio album, which will be released not until September. And, um, yeah, we've just started back to touring and we'll do about a hundred shows this year. And, um, and I've just signed a new, uh, three album record deal. So it's all good. It's all, all come back to life again, which yeah, is what I, what I hoped for. Yeah, that's good. Are you still with, uh, you were with, uh, jazz house, correct? Yeah. 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 So, so the, the deals with them. Yes, with them. We we um my previous label rounder did do a, a reissue during the pandemic of my early albums that I'd recorded with them and, and put that together, but they were very good in in releasing it at a time when I had nothing else going on. So uh so as yeah. not to confuse people. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's got to feel good to get back in the studio and to get back out in front of, you know, an audience and yeah, sure. Cause that's what we do. Right. I mean, exactly. that's what we know. I mean, I know, I know that was the, that, 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 that that's the thing. And it, it, um, I remember the first show back, I thought, well, you know, there was a little bit of nerves before, but I don't know about you. The, the minute I started, it just all came, came back. Maybe not, maybe, you know, not so much technique wise or, or vocally wise that took a little bit longer, but the, but the, the act of being able to go on stage and feel comfortable again. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you, if you don't mind during that, that time, I mean, everybody did something different, you know, some people just took it as an opportunity to, to relax, you know, in that, and other people, you know, dug in and woodshed and other people wrote music. I mean, where were you during that time? I mean, what was, what was occupying your, your, your space? The, the the thing with with me and and the the way it was in the UK and I think it was similar for you in the states was with the media and also with with the science they didn't know where it was so it wasn't like someone could say to you you're going to be out for eighteen months you know you've done this for twenty years take a break go do something different or just take a break and and then come back so it was this uncertainty and and I think that was the hardest bit was 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 never knowing you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I started, it's, the realisation started to dawn, but at the beginning it was kind of like, um, oh, maybe next month we'll we'll reschedule those shows and we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. go on tour. I remember saying to one of my band members, we had, a, we had a fly-in show to Italy at the end of a tour and it was in two weeks' time. And, and uh, he said, oh, I wonder if this pandemic will affect that fly-in show to Italy. I said, all right, we'll be done by then. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, in answer to your question, so no, I didn't really do a lot. And I sort of fell out of love with playing for a while because I, I kind of, um, it upset me to pick it up, not knowing when it was going to come back. And then, and then I thought, well, I love playing just to play anyway, so I might as well do the thing I love, whether I'm, whether I'm doing it for other people or not. And right. so it came back and then eventually that horrible period ended. Yeah. So are, are you a guy that is, uh, would you say that you're, you're always trying to learn something new? You're always experimenting or are you a guy that uh, feels as if I've got a lane, you know, and th- this lane is my, my bread and butter and this is what I do. And so I just maintain within this lane. Is, is that you or do you experiment and play around? I do at home. I mean, I'm, I'm very happy in the, the, the blues rock genre. Um, no, I constantly try and learn. But, it, yeah. you know, to me, with blues, you know, I can never exhaust all the players that I want to listen to and learn from in that. And, and then I do listen to, 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 to other players that, that aren't, you know, strictly blues, people like Eric Johnson and things who I love and, I could could never you know emulate, but I still get the enjoyment of of, of listening to them and trying to figure out what they're doing and, and things like that. You know, Jimmy, it's an endless quest, isn't it? I mean, the oh, day yeah. you stop, the day you stop, you know, trying to learn is the day your music's kind of dead. I think. Right, right. So, but at the same time, are you a guy that would you consider yourself a, a, a techie? 
when it comes to, you know, gear, pedals and amps and stuff like that? Yeah. Or once again, you got your lane. This is my lane. This is where I am. In, in that, I mean, I'm always open to, to suggestions, but I, um, I'm very much just just plug into an amp and, and, uh, and, and a guitar. Don't get me wrong. I love guys who use pedals. Um, I think they do add something to it. But for what I do, they don't. Or, or maybe they would, but I don't use them well. I don't know how to blend them, you know. Um, yeah. I'm not ruling out that one day I will. I mean, sometimes I do in the studio when I've got sort of more control and it's a take and then, you know, but live I end up <laughs> stepping on the wrong thing or something. <laughs> so I think it's sort of from being brought up by, by Walter, you know, and being taught by him, I... I you know, till I was older, I didn't really know any difference, you know, about, you know, I always got the thing from him, which was sort of plug in to the gain stage of the amp and then clean it up with the volume. And then by the time I, I started looking for pedals, that that way of life kind of suited me, you know. Yeah, yeah. So so what are you using? You know, I, I mean, uh, I know you're a huge fan of Walter's and, you know, Walter pretty much uses a boogie. I, I, are are you a boogie guy too, or no? I use oh. um, Black Stars. Okay, Black Stars. I was a Marshall guy, and then uh, Black Star approached me about an endorsement, and I was um, actually it was when I was on, on tour in the states, and um, I was like, well, I'm quite happy with Marshall, and then we were going into a lot of guitar shops because I bought a Firebird over there, so I was looking for a Firebird, uh, and. Um, and I kept seeing these black star amps. And I thought, oh, these, these are more popular than I thought. And um, we literally had one day when we when we came back from the American tour and Black Star had sent an amp to the venue. Uh, so yeah. I plugged it in and I just liked it. I liked the fact it was I was using 100 watt heads, the triple super lead ones. And um, this was like a 50 watt and it was sort of sweeter in the mid range. And I never really looked back from that. Yeah. And, um, so that's what I'll try and get if we we do because in Europe you know you can you can fly in for a show and, and sort of how you would do from one part of the states to another, right. you know. So I you know I can fly in say to Switzerland for a show and fly back the next day and usually I'll ask for a black star. Um, if if they don't if they can't get that I'll get something like a Fender Deluxe and then then I'll use a pedal I'll put a, I'll put a, just like a Boss or something very simple distortion pedal in front of it, just so I don't kill everyone's ears and I can get the gain I want on right. the amp. Right. So, so uh, I, I was kind of unfamiliar with Blackstar myself. I mean, I've, I know a lot of players that use them. Yeah. And just recently, uh, my podcast hosts. Okay. Do you hear my dog? Yeah, it's okay. I've got one downstairs as well. <laughs> I wasn't sure, to be honest with you, I wasn't sure if it was yours or mine. Yeah, it's just a little tiny thing and it's making so much noise. So is mine. Yeah, mine's a little Jack Russell. So. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what this is part Jack Russell. But uh but anyway, uh we host a, a guitar show uh for the for the Midwest in that and I had uh, Jared James Nichols at the it's guitar right, show yeah. this year and it's the first time i've i've heard a black star amp live yeah. and i was absolutely blown away yeah they're good amps. sounded 
Yeah. They're really good amps and they're really nice people. And I mean, they have grown, they have grown massively um, as a company, but they are really good amps. I went and toured the factory, actually, it was a funny story. And it was, it's actually true. He's uh, the, the guy that showed me round. He said to me, do you know what we do when we finish designing an amp and it's ready to go into production? And I said, no. He said, do you know what the final step is? And I said, no. And there's a car park out the back. And he said, come out. And, you know, like the bus was out there and everything. And he got the, um, he got, he didn't do this, but he said, we get an amp and we drop it on the floor. And this is like a concrete floor. And he said, if we plug it in and it still works, it goes to production. <laughs> I really thought he was death. joking, but he was like, it took him about 10 minutes to convince me, but he's like, no, that's true. He said, that's what we do for quality control. You know, they even managed to get me one. I played in China and they managed to get me one there. Oh, you know, so they're all over the world now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As I said, you know, I I've, I know a few people. I know Pat Travers plays one now. Does that. he play him? Does he? I love Pat Travers. Yeah. Yeah. Pat Pat's been playing him for a little while now. In yeah. That. But uh, you know, I, I I personally have come really, really close a few times in pulling the trigger and buying one, but you know, I've I've personally been endorsed by uh by Fuchs, you know. For, yeah, they're good amps, yeah. Yeah, for a long time. And so, uh, you know, you know, once you get something, it's hard to, it's hard to make that, move, you know, it is. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like we said, you know, it's an ongoing thing. I don't know about you, but it's, it's like, I'm constantly, you know, trying to, to tweak and develop my own personal sound all yeah. the time, you know, and it's, it seems like it's a never ending it's never ending. And then they come out with two new pedals and I go crazy. And now my world's upside down. And well, I got to start all over. Thing, though, isn't it? I mean, we, yeah. we put ourselves, we put ourselves through that because, well, because we want to improve ourselves, but we enjoy it as well. Don't yeah. we? That's the thing. It's like, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, come on, this is, this is fun. You know, what's better than, than spending a day with, with gear, you know? Right. Right. Nothing. No. <laughs> now you were i think the last time we talked you were using and correct me if i'm wrong you were using wilkinson guitars well i was using a brand that trev owned at the time called fret king fret, that was but, it fret king yeah. but i'm not using those now but but very interestingly um about three months ago trev and i started talking and he's, um, they're going to release, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say this yet, but they're going to release um, a signature set of, of Danny Bryant pickups, Wilkinson. Oh, this is nothing to do with fracking. Right, um, right. So um, these are going to be in, in all good shops, as they say, fairly, fairly soon, within, within the next six months. And what we've got is 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 uh, Trev has a '65 Strat, and these these two are kind of modelled on that. And then this one here, for people that can't see, I'm I'm pointing at the bridge now, is um, a higher output thing. Yeah. And then so basically, then at that point, so he started to put together some identical guitars for me uh -huh. with all his gear on. So we we got the the Wilkinson bridge, and then we've got his tuners and then it's just like a the neck's very actually like a clapton strap yeah you know it's it's, it's very satin and um it's got that because 
base on it. It's got like a 57 kind of neck feel yeah. on it. And um, yeah, so this is the first one I got this about three or four weeks ago. And I'm getting another one next week and, and they're just going to build them identical for me. And, and But they the pickups sound amazing. So um, that's really what I'm using, especially in terms of, uh, shall we say, S-style guitars at the moment. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know I know that you're a guy. You know, you play a, a variety. I've seen you play a variety of stuff. Is that is that one of his guitars? Is that a Wilkinson guitar? This is literally, yeah. He's he's okay. hand built these for me. So this is yeah. this. You can't actually buy these. That's is just hand signed on the top. right, so, right, right. So this is just he he you know he 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 hand built this from the ground up, and he's in the middle of doing number two at the moment. Um, but it's all his components. But he you know rather than put his guitar you know, his pickups into one of my guitars, we wanted to put all of his hardware on there. And I really like the kind of, you know, the Eric Clapton from the cradle period. Of yeah. Kinda, so aesthetically, it looks like that. Um, it's a very different beast because it's it's how I wanted it to feel. And, and, and uh, but the neck is very similar, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, it looks, it looks really nice. He makes, you know, the hardware that he makes is just amazing. It's incredible, yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I, mean, I feel very fortunate, you know, that he's, you know, he's building me some guitars, but it's, you know, the hardware he puts on there and the, the pickups, and um, we had a, we, we had a really, he sent me this, we had a few meetings, he sent me this guitar, and then came to a show, I think it was last, last weekend, and um, him and Sam, his business partner, and Kate, his daughter, who's his partner as well. Um, they bought a few different guitars for me to try. They also, Trev has a 54 Strat, so they bought that and we compared everything and tweaked how we wanted pickups and you'd have loved it. It was a total geek out day. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I tell people when you're going to do that, call me. I want to be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you would have been invited. It would have been It would have been a bit of a journey for you, but you'd have been invited. Yeah, well, that's that's really cool. I, I like I say, I remember that you were you were playing his guitars in that back in back in uh, that time. Now, do you have plans to come to the states uh, after well, you release I, the album in in tour? We have. Uh, it will be released in the states. We we do plan on doing it. Um, we were talking about it at the end of two thousand nineteen um, before the pandemic, and now it's just a case of. A lot of it isn't announced yet, but I have such a flood of, of dates for Europe this year that I'm thinking it's probably going to be next year, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's somewhere I'd, I'd love to get back to. You're in Chicago, right? Yeah, I'm outside Chicago, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we yeah, did. Because there's, there, there's not too many of you guys, and what I mean by you guys is, is you know, European players that come over here, you know. No. It's like, I know, I, you know, I know Alan Nemo and Ben Poole and – you know, a lot of the guys that, that I'm sure you're you're good friends with in that, and they, am, yeah. they never come over here. I mean, Ben was over here this year, or last year, I should say, and he did, I think, a date in Canada and a date in Kansas, I think, and that was it. I think the reason the reason is is, the, is nowadays the cost of the visas. Yeah. Because it used to be you could get a visa, and um, you'd go to the American embassy in, in London, and, and it would last five years. Um, and, and now it lasts just for the duration of that tour. 
Wow. And so it so it's co- quite costly to, to come over. Um, I mean, I love the states, and and I mean, I loved we, we did the um, in Chicago we did the the little room at House of Blues. Yeah. And Greg Arzab, you know, buddy guy, old bass player, he came and jammed and everything. So it was great. And I bought a Firebird, as I said, on that tour and managed to get it home. Like I just, I said to the guys, <laughs> I bought it near the beginning of the tour and I said to the guys, look, don't be precious with this case. I want it to look as beat up as possible. Every venue <laughs> I went to, I put stickers on it and everything. Uh, I said to the lady, and there's such a sweet lady, um, and uh, when we, we actually flew home, I think from, oh, we went from Nebraska to Chicago. And then in Chicago, they let me just take it on the plane and she actually put it where they keep their own personal bags. So I got it home without paying any tax on it because guitars are a lot cheaper in America. Yeah, yeah, I can I can imagine. I can imagine. It's crazy. Well, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I'm I'm sure you talk to Walter all the time and that you guys should really do a, another, you know, you guys should do something together here. That would be really cool to see a nice yeah. you know, little run here in the States with the two of you, because, you know, you guys play so well together and. That would be great. Yeah. 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 I'm sure, you know, one day. Yeah. As I say, he's like, (laughs) he's like a second, second father to me. So I'm just so glad that he's well again. And yeah, I saw a video of him playing the other day and I think he's playing better than I've ever seen him really. Yeah. Yeah. And I jammed with him last summer. We we played a festival in Germany and, and we we played together. And he's he's just he just gets better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's I think it's just the 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 road. It's the you know the experience. You know, you got yeah. so much experience in that. It. It's like it's so natural now. You yeah. know, as opposed to you know when you're developing yourself over the years because. You know, you could be around 20 years and you're really, really good. But I don't know. You know, I've been doing this since 88 and I feel like I'm still developing. You know, I feel like I'm still, you know, yeah, I'm still not where, you know, I would want to be or or where I would say, OK, I, you know, I've, I'm i good. You know, I bet I bet everybody feels like I bet Buddy yeah. died out on that farewell tour. I bet he feels like that at the beginning of this year. We did two weeks of special guest with Eric Gales. Uh, like, like, no, it was like 15 shows in a row. Um, and he was so humble and everything. But every day he'd been figuring stuff out on the journey. And then he'd get there and at sound check, he'd want to try it and he'd want to improve it. And, um, yeah. and, and, and there, was, there was that confidence, but there wasn't that arrogance and it's the same with Walter it was just like you know very confident on stage but then when it came off did it sound okay tonight you know how was it you know yeah yeah I think that that you know that's you know that's part of it as you say you've been playing since 88 so yeah yeah so so who you know I, I I mean I have an understanding of who the people are that have really influenced you over the years you know that's that's to me it's pretty obvious but i'm i'm curious you know uh who are some of your your uh people that you follow you know that people wouldn't go oh my god i i would have never thought that danny listens to this person or that Don, danny's paying attention do you have some people like because I, I know like me a lot of people wouldn't know this but i'm a closet smooth jazz fan yeah cool 
I, you know, there's some players and some of them aren't around no more like Jeff Golub and that, I mean, really, really amazing players in, in my book in that, that I'm a huge fan of, but uh, do you have anybody like that, that you're paying attention to, but it's kind of off the radar of everybody else? Yeah. I mean, at home, I listen to so much like early acoustic blues, like Blind Blake and, and, um, you know, Charlie Patton, Honey Boy Edwards, those guys, oh, okay. that's that's a real passion of mine. And it's not something I really take on stage, but, you know, yeah. um, I like parlor guitars and I have some parlor guitars and, and I like I like doing that and trying to figure it out. And, uh, you know, I still go and, and, and watch lessons and, and things and, and um, I go and watch guys, some great guys that play locally and can play in that style. So probably that really, and then all, all of the, the ones that you can probably guess. Obviously, Walter um, Clapton. I mean, the, the, yeah. the from the Cradle album mm-hmm. for me is some of the greatest guitar playing ever. Um, you know, um, all of those guys. But um, and then I listen to a lot of. You know, I'm a massive Dylan fan. You know, so I listen to a lot of Bob Dylan. Um, and I listen to a lot of Bruce Springsteen, so I like songwriters as well. A lot of Tom Waits. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Good. That's all really good stuff. So, so here's a good question for you, uh, Danny. What is what is something that you would say that you did in the early days when you were developing yourself as a player that helped make you the player that you are right now? Well, I always answer that question. Um, with a, a fairly straightforward thing is you you're learning say you're learning a, a lick and you you take like a a clapton lick well that sounds a bit like the intro to bonamassa so many roads and then you you, <laughs> you, you take <laughs> and then then you take like a buddy guy lick that sort of thing and yeah. then you want to connect it so you go That bit in the middle becomes you, yeah. and I think I think that that that's kind of the, the where I found myself was connect. I was never afraid of like sounding like somebody else um, because everybody does, um, and everybody borrows or steals or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I think just eventually, I mean, you can never sound like someone else anyway. I mean, right. I've been trying to sound like Albert Collins for for twenty years, and I can't, you know, I mean, you know, it's like. That sort of stuff is really weird to me. It's, but yeah. um, by doing it, you get your own style. And um, I think it's that. And I, I think that's the one thing I'd say to people, if, if I could give any advice at all, is that um, is not to really worry about it too much. Is is I don't know if you've had the same experience, but you spend time trying to sound like your your idols and eventually you realise it's, it's come out as you because you're mm-hmm. going to have a different touch you're going to have different gear you're going to have a different approach you're going to have a different feel and um you know i mean i know players that completely have their own unique style that can do albert king for you absolutely exactly but they they learned that and then eventually they they moved on to their own their own thing and um and that thing was the bit that connected it all yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's so true because I can't even tell you how many times I've been in the room with, you know, a well-known player and played their gear and I don't sound anything like them. 
but they can but the crazy thing is is that they'll play uh, if they were to play my gear or you know something else they always sound just like them you yeah. know what i mean because i think i think what you're saying is is that you know it's it 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 really does come down to you know people talk about it's in the hands and that but it really is you know it really is in the feel and that because any yeah. of those guys can pick up a guitar it doesn't matter if it's david gilmore or jeff beck or clopton they can pick up any guitar with any amp and they sound like themselves yeah it's just just the rest of it is is a lot of fun and then it's it's refining it so you get to the point that you go on stage and you're really comfortable with the guitar you're playing mm. you're really comfortable to your own ears with the amp and the rig you're using and the pedals you've got on the floor do what you need to do for that particular gig um and i think that's what it what it comes down to but i i, I agree with you jimmy 100 percent that you know if, if you put you know my rig in your hands it would sound like jimmy and, and vice versa yeah. you know yeah yeah i mean it, it, it it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy that way in that but wouldn't you say though that regardless as a player the object is to you know is to develop yourself and to not sound like somebody else because i mean the greatest compliment any guitar player can get is the fact that when somebody says when i hear that i know it's you oh god that's that's the old yeah i, yeah. I agree with that's such a great statement i agree with that 100 percent. if someone if someone says that about a guitar player i mean let's talk about the all-time best blues player you know your bb king you know right. if you can't pick him out in two notes you, you're not listening to blues you know <laughs> right right <laughs> right right yeah well and, and that's just, and that's the same way you know it is with with just about all of them you know it's like recently i i interviewed um uh eric johnson yeah and, and he is one of those guys you know like like a lot of them like so many that there's just something unique about his sound that you automatically know once that guitar starts to play that's eric johnson yeah you know yeah. and and to me that's the ultimate pat on the back as a as a player to say okay i've developed something that really stands out from everything else and he has and and and, and, and so have you and so has walter and so has robin ford and, and anybody that deserves to be there and, and so yeah. probably hundreds of people that we we haven't heard of and we may never hear of you know yeah yeah so who is uh you know europe is loaded with great guitar players it is yeah yeah, I mean, just absolutely loaded. Some of my favorite players are are over there, you know, and I don't mean any disrespect to, you know, players here in the States oh, or anything okay. like that. But uh, is there anybody over there that's on a, what I would say, a regional level or whatever, you know, like maybe a German guitarist or somebody in Italy or something like that, that people here in the States might not know about, but they should? Well, certainly not regional because they've they're doing incredibly well in europe but i would have to say alan and, and stevie nimmo who are two of my yeah. oldest dearest friends in the world and yeah. some of my closest friends in music but, but in terms of europe you know every guitar player would know about them uh yeah. um you know uh henrik freischlander in germany um there's so many you know this this just 
I mean, it's there's there's so many good ones, and there's so many good ones in America, you know. And, and uh, I mean, but isn't that great? And that that's just I'm just talking blues there, you know. So it's like, yeah. um, isn't it great that it, you know, there are so many good players. Ainsley Lister is another really great one. Yeah. Ben Paul, as you mentioned, you know, they're 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 all they're all great. And we do all have kind of a good good relationship with each other, you know. It's. Uh, it's not a competition music. That's the thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like there's, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seems like there's lots of opportunity in Europe for, for players. I mean, there's lots, it's, it feels there like is. there's lots of festivals, lots of clubs, yeah. lots of opportunity versus here. It just feels like, like it feels like the, the, the walls have really closed in. I don't know if it's because there's so much music, and there's so many bands and people are just kind of uh, oh, numb to it. I think, yeah, I think maybe it's because, you know, you've got so many good players. You've had it for so long. Um, in a way, there's a lot of choice, you know. Uh, so, you know, if, if, if a great guitar player is playing down the street, you think, well, maybe I can see him. You know, Chris Duarte is playing you know, who's incredible. Maybe I can go and see him next week. Whereas right. if he comes over to Europe, you know, the club will be full because they'll think, well, he might not come back for two years, you know? Right. And right. I think, I think um, that's the same. That's why we're all very careful. Or like, certainly I'm very careful to only play the same venues kind of every 18 months or something like that, or the same areas even. Right, right. That makes sense. So, so the new album is going to come out. Are you in the studio right now recording the new album that's coming out in September, or is no, it done? I, 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 no, well, I'm done with the recording. Uh, we're just about to start mixing it. Okay, okay. And it's going to come out, you said, in September? Uh, the, the provisional plan is the 29th of September worldwide, yeah. Oh, very good, very good. Well, I'll tell you what, Danny, I appreciate chatting with you man it was really good catching up and uh you know is i i am a fan i love your music i love your playing and well i'm uh, a fan of yours as well so it's likewise <laughs> the feeling mutual i appreciate that and i wish you all the success in the world and you ever get the opportunity and you're coming to the states let me know i you will know? i will you be you sure know? of that thanks for having me on the show and um yeah i enjoy listening to it anyway so i I should be sure to listen in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you. Know, I'll let you know when it's going to air, so that you can promote it yourself and that. And until then, man, you take care of yourself. Okay. Okay, mate. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, man. Later. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Danny. He is an amazing talent. Do yourself a favor: like, follow, and share everything he does on social media. Make sure you're getting a copy of his new album along with the rest of his albums. Go see him on tour. And support him however you possibly can. I mean, that's what all, you know, musicians need, you know. I want to thank Danny. Everybody here at Guitar Talk wants to thank Danny for participating in this episode. It was an absolute pleasure catching up with my good friend. And until next time, uh, well, I'm Jimmy Warren. I'll see you next Wednesday right here on Guitar Talk. See you all later. <laughs>